and Anthony on FM 96.3 and AM 620. WVMT. Welcome back to the Morning Drive, everybody. Kurt and Anthony here. And joining us in studio now is the Chief of Police in South Burlington, Sean Burke. Sean Burke, who was on the Burlington Police Force for many years. And we hated losing him to South Burlington, but uh, our loss was South Burlington's gain. Good morning, Chief Burke. Yeah, thanks so much for that kind introduction. How are you guys doing this morning? We're doing great. Before we get into some topics in South Burlington uh, policing, uh, I just want to ask you a question, a personal question, sort of. I saw you coaching uh, your boys in Little League. Uh, it's kind of quite a few years ago now, maybe six years ago or something. And I knew watching them that they were well coached and they were they were really into it and they were good. And where what are the boys doing now? What are your boys doing now? So my oldest is at Norwich University. He's playing football uh, for their football team. He's in the Corps of Cadets. I'm not surprised. And uh, he's doing well there. And then my youngest, uh, he was on that Milton varsity squad that made a championship run, came up one game short. Oh, last wow. spring, but he's still playing baseball. Still. Now, is he the little guy that had the curly blonde hair? Yeah, he still has the flow. He's he very proud of that. Yeah. yeah, So he's got that, but uh, played right field, started in right field as a sophomore on that squad and had a great season. So that was a great group of boys. Came up one short. It's too bad, but they got to play at Centennial. I'm not surprised just watching him those couple of games that I saw him. I could tell they were well coached. I could tell their dad was, was doing a good job of coaching them, and I'm not surprised. Well, I appreciate that. I think uh, I was a better coach ever than I played the game. <laughs> and uh, it was great family time for all of us. And uh, you're going to be going to Fenway at all this year? Yeah, we're going tonight. Going to go watch nice. uh, the Sox play the Rays. The season's over, but, you know, baseball fanatics. So we'll go down and check out uh, what they can offer tonight. I am, too. And I'm a Yankee fan, but it's always fun going to Fenway. And hopefully we can get back to where the Yankees and Red Sox are fighting for first place instead of last place soon. Let's hope. Let's hope. <laughs> All right, now let's talk about some issues in South Burlington, Chief. Um, there was a story uh, just the other day on WPTZ about uh, car thefts in South Burlington. And, of course, Burlington has been facing the same thing, car thefts being through the roof. And car chases are up significantly in South Burlington. First of all, can you tell us how you handle car chases in South Burlington? Like, when when do you pursue? When do you not pursue? And how are things how are things looking there? Yeah, thanks. That's a great question. So we have a very restrictive policy, probably industry best standard, and we require that it, the suspect needs to be wanted for a had have committed a violent crime, and that their apprehension is necessary to mitigate serious bodily injury or death to to another person outside of their operation, vehicle operation, because we know that these vehicle pursuits are very dangerous. We saw, unfortunately, some end in fatality over my time uh, in, in the city of Burlington. And it was time that, that the police profession take good, string, good strict policy measures to try to mitigate the broader danger to public that those vehicle pursuits present. So uh, and if you have somebody that you're pursuing, but you have nothing that shows up on their record, you would say, okay, we're not going to engage in a high-speed high high chase here. But if it's something that's somebody's got a record, a serious record, that, you know, you, then it makes sense to do it. Yeah, certainly. So we've had two great recent examples. The first uh, being a person smashing their way into a commercial business, saying they're armed with a gun and that they're going to kill the complainant. We engage in a vehicle pursuit with that person. That's a circumstance where it's warranted uh, because the danger acuity is so high. Then uh, more recently, we've seen a spate of these vehicle thefts, which um, 
can be either misdemeanor or felony, depending on the intent of how long the person that stole the car is going to keep it or what they're using it for. And generally, we know these people. And when we go to approach them, like at the mall or at a gas pump, they'll flee. And we know those people. It's not nonviolent offense. And we were, if we were to pursue that car, we would present more danger to the public than letting it go and trying to catch up with that yeah, person. That makes sense. Uh, Chief, uh, I want to give you a quote that you had in this article, and this is something that we have talked about a lot on this show um, in regard to car theft specifically. You said in this article, what we're hearing from the criminal defendants that we do apprehend in these cases is that because there's a lack of consequences for their behavior, they're inclined to do this. Uh, this is something that we've talked about, like what is driving this incredible increase in car theft in South Burlington and in Burlington and probably other places, but specifically Chittenden County. Yeah, certainly. So there's a lot to that question, Kurt. The first thing is these cars, there's like no mastermind that are stealing these cars. The cars are unlocked, the keys are in them, and people are stealing these cars to almost a cover. They'll go out and use this car in a retail theft or a burglary, and our first or best lead is the license plate on the car, and then we learn that it was stolen 24 hours early, earlier. So um, that's the phenomenon that we see there. We also see a a recidivist population engaging in the theft of cars, committing retail thefts and the subsequent crimes uh, that are continually on the street, violating their conditions of release. They know that there's not going to be a consequence. If the consequence is there, it is not swift enough to deter their behavior in the short term. And, you know, there's there's a lot to unpackage with a lot of these folks. A lot of times the system will really focus on the underlying problem, the root cause of their criminality, which is wise, but there comes a tipping point where their behavior is presenting such great risk and their their behavior is in such contempt of the court that we question, like, how effective is our system right now as it's trying to reform on the fly? When they're basically thumbing their nose at, and, and, and they're literally yes. telling your officers, we, we're doing this because we can, because there's no consequence. That's correct. In fact, it goes so far that if our officers actually physically arrest someone for a crime like uh, retail theft to bring them back to the police station that the criminal defendant will say well you, you don't do this you just hand me a citation i get to go on my way they tell yeah, the officer what are you, what are you doing do? here yeah yeah so do you take them for i mean the, the, you don't have to answer this but if i was the officer and a criminal and somebody said that to me i'd take them for a ride i'd take the slow ride to the station i'd have them in the back of the car i'd bring them to the station i'd ask them if they needed a cup of coffee can you can you slow ride them a few times or i mean don't tell me that I'm I'm not supposed to arrest you. I appreciate the you know that's the emotional <laughs> response. We have the utmost you professional, have to be professional officers. I understand. And but. there are times where either the crime is a felony mm-hmm. or that their history of failing to appear in court warrants a physical arrest and we'll take them to the station, we'll call either a cl- court clerk or a judge and have conditions set and then they're released promptly. But the rules of criminal procedure around when we arrest people, how long we uh, hold on to people are strictly adhered to. Yeah, I'm sure they are. And I and I know I was trying to make light of it, but I would be so frustrated. I, I respect, have such a healthy respect for the law enforcement officers on the street every day. I, the last thing I would, I would, I'm arresting somebody for petty theft. No, no, you don't arrest me. Let me tell you how it goes. You're gonna say you're gonna give me a citation. I'd be like, you don't have to take the policing advice, though, of Anthony. <laughs> no, no, that's why I'm on the radio, and I'm, you know, I'll leave the radio to you. Yeah, yeah. I'll talk about it, but trust me, <laughs> you don't want me on the staff. Uh, let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Good morning, gentlemen. Oh, just wondering why our system uh, 
prosecute somebody if they get in an altercation trying to protect their property, uh, and they prosecute that person. And that was like the owner of the vehicle. It, it just seems that we're, we're really wrong. And to our former or former Burlington officer, thank you very much for South Burlington actually doing something about these things. Not like Burlington. Well, I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, kind of a tip of the hat to, to our staff at a time where the number of raw police officers available to answer calls have declined. You know, our team stepped up. We modified our patrol schedule. We're still attending uh, to every single call that comes into our station. And I'm very proud of the work that the men and women of the South Burlington Police are doing. You know, the, the point that the caller raises about, um, you know, kind of defending your own ground is really uh, fickle in a lot of ways. And we're hearing from business owners now that, uh, particularly in the uh, car industry, like my car, the, my customers' cars in my yard are being broken into at night, and I feel the need to stay here at night, and just so you know, I'm going to carry a gun. This is a real scenario, came in via email this week. And we work with those folks to say, listen, you got to first report to us the crime trend that you're seeing, so then we can adjust our patrols, because we don't want our business owners and residents trying to do our job. We're trained in a very specific way. We understand the constitutional in implications here. And it's not that uh, this property crime doesn't make people feel unsafe in their communities, but it doesn't present an actual danger to their physical safety. So I ask folks that feel the need to you know, protect themselves or protect their business to consult with their police department first. But I understand it. I mean, when you see a fence going up around a courthouse in Burlington to mitigate you know, trespassing and behavior there, that's a statement. Like, something's going on. Sad yeah. sign of the times. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. I just wanted to say two things very quickly. One thing is we have to thank the police officers that we have more often because even Burlington people know the situation with the Burlington police and they're always appreciative. But South Burlington has... A lot of police often working overtime, dealing with fentanyl, homeless camps, the same things that are going on in Burlington. And um, to the caller who called about the uh, stand your ground and things like that, and I agree that we need to be more proactive in our own policing of things to report to the police. But it's not the police, it's the laws. And until we get to legislature to enforce stricter laws on things like trespassing and retail theft, these police are just going through the same circle of catching, releasing, and catching and releasing. So I just wanted them to know that we have their back and we appreciate what they're trying to do for us, even though a lot of the time their hands are tied. Thank you. I appreciate the caller's remarks there. You know, it, there's... There's a couple of different populations, though. There are certainly people that are struggling in our community. They find themselves houseless or they're wrestling with substance use disorder, and they need that opportunity. They need that option for either treatment or transitional housing. And we get into those spaces a lot in our work, and that's really rewarding. There are a number of folks that are just treatment or system resistant, and that is frustrating as well. Oftentimes, those folks are not harming anyone but themselves. There's a stigma around what being uh, homeless means and what someone living in a tent in a park means for a neighborhood. Sometimes that stigma really doesn't warrant what that person presents. That's a challenge. But, you know, back to the point of stricter laws or enforcing the law, I think, you know, we got to be careful. That could be a slippery slope. I think there's a lot of cases where we offer a restorative practice to uh, heal that criminal criminality that went uh, that occurred for both the affected party and the community. 
but there's still that population of recidivists that need to be dealt with swiftly by the traditional criminal justice system, and we're not seeing that. All right, we have to take a quick two-minute break, and we'll be back. We're talking with Sean Burke. He's the uh, police chief of South Burlington, and I'm going to give you an opportunity, the keyword for morning. With Kurt and Anthony on FM 96.3 and AM 620, WVMT. Welcome back to The Morning Drive, everybody. We're continuing our discussion with South Burlington Chief of Police, Sean Burke. If you have a question for the chief, give us a call. Don't wait till the very last minute. Give us a call now. We've got just a few minutes left. Uh, Chief, what do you think is the answer? I, I know you talked about um, the fact that there's your police officers are, are feeling... First of all, let me ask you this. How frustrated do you think your officers are? Do you hear that from your officers? Frustration for having to deal with these issues and then come back and have people say... Hey, look, we're doing this because there's no consequences and, and tell you and tell the police officer, hey, wait a minute, you can't do that. Yeah, we certainly hear that from staff that they, there's a degree of frustration. But I'll tell you what quickly picks them up. That's the support that we have from our community. You know, the residents of South Burlington, the business owners of South Burlington really step up and support the police. And uh, that really carries the morale of the department. And we appreciate that. And have you. So you have not faced the issue that South that Burlington faced, where there was a, a council move to defund the police in a sense uh, through through attrition. There was no move like that by the South Burlington Council or, or citizens trying to basically cut back the department. Never once we've had a thousand percent support from our community, and again, it's really a tribute to all the men and women that served before us. And we know that that uh, that trust and investment in us is perishable, and that's why we're stepping up now and working uh, most effectively with what the limited resources that we have. And then, Chief, what about you? Mentioned the fact that you, as you said in this article that you uh, in the story on PTZ, I should say, you also say in a broad way the criminal justice system needs to really think about a way to address this because. This behavior is putting the people at risk. So what do you think the problem is? Is it the fact that there's no consequences? Do we need legislative changes? Do we need to enforce the laws that are on the books more? Is it the judiciary, the state's attorney's office? Uh, what do you think is going wrong here? I mean, we talked about it on the show a lot where there's we hear all these cases where they're pulled back in for violation of conditions of release. And then a lot of times the story says they've had more conditions of release put on them and then released back out into the public. What what needs to be done, do you think, in your perspective? Yeah, certainly it's not more laws, but it's really honing in and prosecuting those that are recidivists. So that was that quote was right on the heels of this incident where we went to approach a stolen car at a gas pump at Dorset and Williston. The person fled. We knew who that was. They were on conditions of release. They had just committed another retail theft. They careened down White Street. They hit another car before leaving the site of officers. That is dangerous to the public. That has such a negative impact to the person that was struck that the system needs to intervene. And that if jail is the only option to keep the community safe, then we need to use it. Let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Uh, good morning. I have a question and then I'll let you go. I was wondering what you're doing about all the uh, homeless drug addicts living on the Rick Marcotte property school in South Burlington. Thank you. Yeah, great question. So I uh, spoke with a constituent yesterday about this issue. There's a there's a wooded area that's uh, just east of the school, Rick Marcotte School, and uh, there's been a lot of talk about drug use and encampments in that area. Myself and the new deputy chief, Sean Briscoe, went out and walked the woods yesterday. And uh, we did find remnant of two old camps in one spot that maybe someone had spent some time with, 
but definitely not the degree in which we're hearing from the community that that uh, they're experiencing this neighborhood. And again, I caution folks. One, uh, it's believed that that parcel is owned by the school district, which would warrant it as public land. And in the city of South Burlington, we do have a, uh, a encampment policy that we approach uh, encampments with, with resources first, and then kind of parse through public safety and public health issues. We, ha- we haven't seen that yet in this plot, um, but we want, we're looking forward to working with the district and trying to identify what's going on there and then ways to maybe even change that environment so it's not conducive to either camping or hanging out. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Good morning. If you, if you suspect someone of stealing a car, burgling, or stealing drugs, could you just like hold them for 48 hours in a cold room and just punish them that way? No, I don't think that's the strategy. That was the Anthony policy. That's yeah. <laughs> no, go I, ahead, Chief. The slow ride. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. That, I think uh, you know, again, that's the emotional response. That's a level of frustration that we see, we or we hear from community members. Uh, which I understand, but that's not the way that we conduct uh, professional law enforcement or criminal investigation. Even if we see it on TV uh, or old movies. Actually, you don't even see it in new movies now. You see uh, the old movies, though, you know. Let's let him park him in the cooler for a while. Now, yeah. There's no and parking Chief, in the cooler anymore. Chief, you've, you've run into the same thing with retail theft in South Burlington, right? Certainly. You're, certainly. you're responding to a lot of those calls? Yeah, we were up uh, at this stage uh, over over about 28% year-to-date. Mm. Uh, so 338 incidents of retail theft thus far this year. We've made uh, about 256 arrests. In terms of going back to car theft, in, in terms of – I know that I talked to a number of law enforcement officers a couple years ago when the memo came from Jenna County State's Attorney's Office. It sort of seemed to drop out on law enforcement overnight, like – we're changing our policy or, or whatever because we don't have we don't have evidence to con, to convict people in court. Did that seem to correspond to when the spike in retail in, in uh, car theft went up? So there's been a lot of conjecture around that memo and what it says. And uh, you know, in, in Sarah's interpretation of the law, I'm not going to say she's wrong. Um, you know, but I think officers have to do a better job. So when you stop someone with the the stolen car, you have to start the investigation. They have to you know, uh, be interviewed. You have to really pay attention to what statements they're making, what other evidence might be available. There's a host of video sources out there where we can link that person to the car over time. And what we're also seeing is that the person that initially took that car or stole that car may have left it uh, in an area where another person picks it up. They may have said, oh, you can have my car, but it's not really their car. And that's really incumbent on the investigating officer to figure out exactly what the fact pattern is from theft to recovery. Because there's obviously the frustration of the officers. There's obviously frustration of, of the public in Burlington, South Burlington, other places to, to have. I mean, I know there was a person in Burlington that had both cars stolen out of their driveway. And so, you know, it's, it's, there's something's going on that's increased, that's caused this tremendous increase in car theft. Yeah, again, you know, so unfortunately we need the public to really help us. Well, you, you had mentioned, I didn't mean to cut you off, but you'd mentioned that a lot of the times they're just walking around and people are leaving their keys in their cars. That's what we see. Even with thefts from motor vehicles, we're not seeing a lot of smashed windows involved with these thefts. The cars are unlocked. And somebody said, too, the a part of this is that, you know, you have a key fob now and you push a button, you lose your fob in your car, but you don't really care because you can just, it's your car. Right. So, our, so our, 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 I mean, if you're leaving your car unlocked and the key's in it, you're kind of... I mean, you could at least lock your car and take your keys inside. 
Yeah, I mean, given the trend that we're seeing, we need the public to help us mitigate this. And that's by taking your key and locking the door. Because if you're not seeing smashed windows, then uh, I'm sorry. I don't know if it's true or not, but I remember when I was a kid, neighbor stole our, or somebody stole our neighbor's pickup truck. And he says, no, I always leave the keys in it. And the insurance company said, well, we're not, we're not, uh, you should read your policy because you're not covered. Yeah. I mean, that, that could be, you know, a risk that a person assumes by leaving their keys in their car. But. Yeah. Chief, we're just about out of time. Uh, what do you, in regard to conditions of release, where, again, we've talked about it on the show, where the conditions are violated, they're back in court, they are given more conditions. What's your perspective on that? And in, in, in regard to someone, as you said, there needs to be, there needs to be consequences. But you see this all the time where these con- conditions are violated. They thumb their nose at the judicial system. They don't show up. They're brought in, and then they're released again on more conditions that they're likely going to violate again. You know, ultimately, it just it's contempt of court. And eventually, the system has to step up and show that there is a line in the sand and hold people accountable. And, Chief, lastly, uh, how are you doing in South Burlington? We know there's been problems uh, with recruitment and retention certainly in in state, in state police and other law enforcement around Vermont to some degree. How are you doing in South Burlington? So we're not terribly uh, terribly in bad shape. We've got about four vacancies. Uh, we've been able to bring on a lot of new officers, got two at the academy that we're really proud of. Future's looking bright, but again, we're, we need people to apply. So anyone that thinks that they may want to serve their community, please check us out on the website and give us a call. We'd love to have you in. Just don't leave Burlington to go to South Burlington. Correct. <laughs> Unless you really want to. I was going to say, be careful. We Chief, don't want to get in the middle of that. South Burlington Police Chief Sean Burke, uh, thanks for being on the Morning Drive. Thanks for all that you're doing. And we, of course, here think that uh, law enforcement is a noble profession, and we appreciate all that you do. Thank you so yeah. much, guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks for coming in. And have, have a good time at Fenway. Yeah. Good luck. All right, we're going to be back. We're going to check in with the uh, ABC News. Amanda's got the headlines. And we'll be back right here on the Morning Drive on News Talk WVMT Burlington. You guys are great.